Hello and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts presented by Auto Owners Insurance in cooperation with Turner Wood and Smith Insurance. And we'll tell you more on that as we get into the show here. But I'm Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May and Trent Smallwood. We're here talking UGA football recruiting as Georgia gets prepared for another home game. And that means another chance to have visitors, prospects on campus, be around the program, uh, things of that nature. And we lost Trent's camera there for a second. I'm sure he'll be right back. Uh, let me. <laughs> this always happens. Something goes on. But, hey, we're adapting. Adapt and overcome. You know what I'm saying right there, Jed? Jed, how you doing tonight, man? Doing good. Doing good. Um, you mentioned another home game this weekend. Should be better weather, at least, than the Sanford game. And uh, a couple guys have already – Put out that they'll be in town. A couple of young guys, Julian Lewis, quarterback out of Carrollton, 26 guy, and uh, Cortez Smith, a 25 uh, lineman out of Parkview. Uh, both of those also um, attended Georgia season opener against Oregon in the uh, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So now they're getting a chance to get on campus. And uh, sure, we're going to have a bunch of other visitors announced throughout the week. So keep it locked to the vault uh, to see who's going to be in Athens this weekend, other than, uh, other than myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be there this weekend too. It's just a little different, oh, nice. uh, different capacity, br- bringing the, the kiddos to a game uh, th- this weekend. They want to see what's going on. So won't be, won't be going and working this one. Oh, my we lost Trent again. Trent, are you still, can, can you hear us or are you, is it just the camera? Okay. We're going to take, uh, take Trent off for a second. I don't know what's going on with his, his camera there, but Anyways, guys, back to what we were talking about. Uh, a weekend of a home game here in Athens, like like Jed said. Julian Lewis, 2026 quarterback. He's going to be in town. Uh, Cortez Smith, 2024. 2024 offensive lineman or 25 offensive lineman. Yeah, young guy. And then also I got confirmation on Ryan Montgomery, a class of 2025 quarterback, he will be in town for the Auburn game. So, Jed, not only are they going to be bringing in people for this Kent State game, but that Auburn weekend is shaping up to be a monstrous visit weekend for Georgia. Auburn and Tennessee, I mean, those are the two real um, – when you look at the schedule, the two marquee home weekends. And Tennessee, I've, I've already got a couple guys written down. Uh, Aaron White from California, 25 corner. Parker Livingstone out of, I believe, Texas, I think, Blaine, um, is going to be – in town, yeah, and he, Hobbs, he'll be in town for Tennessee. Yep. And then a, a David Hobbs, a 2023 edge, I went and saw play on Friday night. Is taking his official visit to Georgia that weekend, um, just a couple weeks before he's he's planning to commit. So already those two games are are shaping up to be huge, and that makes sense, right? Because these first two games are not counting the Oregon game are um, non conference, obviously lesser opponents, a chance to really get some young guys in town, um, and Samuel and Pemba, who was who randomly. Or not randomly, but was um, by far the, the headliner last weekend. So, yeah, as we get into conference play, we're going to see these visitor lists get more and more um, star-studded, things like that. Going to try one more time to bring on our man Trent Smallwood with us. Trent, are you with us, man? Yeah, I don't know. I don't – yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> You're here. For, for how long? Who knows? I had some technical difficulties over there uh, at Trent's place, but – now, Trent, we were just talking about some of the the visitors that are going to be coming, you know, and how big that Auburn weekend's going to be. Also, Tennessee, with those being the more, well, at least on surface, what looked like marquee matchups after what uh, Penn State absolutely just railroaded Auburn over there. I think it's going to be uh, kind of similar to that South Carolina performance this past weekend when Georgia plays Auburn at Sanford Stadium. Yeah, but at least you're – I mean, you know, the the games like South Carolina hosting all these big recruits, at least you're the team giving out the beatdown um, in these in these big games. But, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, looking at Georgia's schedule, uh, Tennessee will be a big one. Uh, Auburn will be a big recruiting weekend. Uh, that's really the, the only two you have. And, you know, this weekend there will be some guys on campus, but you'll more than likely see a bunch of younger guys and given the opportunity to get some – you know, working your way down classes and building relationships like Kirby and the staff know how to do. Absolutely. It's uh, it's going to be anytime you can get guys on campus, it's a big deal. Uh, guys, want to mention, though, that before we get into all of our stuff, like I said, this show is brought to you by Auto Owners Insurance in cooperation with Turner Woodensmith Insurance. Guys, Turner Woodensmith located in Gainesville, Georgia, where their headquarters is. 
fantastic customer service. You can call up Trey Wood, uh, Scotty Hall, any of those guys over there, and they're going to be able to help you with the problem that you have and get you connected with a fine policy provider such as auto owners, life, home, car, business, takes care of all of it. I can speak from personal experience. Both these companies, they'll treat you right. Over 100 years of experience uh, in existence for both of them. So make sure to check out Turner Wooden Smith Auto Owners Insurance Sponsors here of UJ Sports Rumors versus Facts Show. But now, guys, it's time to dive into what is going to be coming up this this weekend uh, and also touch on some of the latest that we're hearing on some of the key the key prospects remaining in the class of 2023. Lots of people want to talk about the skill positions. Tyler Williams committing uh, one way or another in about eight days on the 20, 27th is when he's set to commit. Jed, uh, I know we're going to have questions on that and, and things of that nature, but being a guy down there in Florida, uh, even though Georgia seems like they've been a, a prohibitive favorite for a while, I'm sure as it gets closer and closer, those Florida schools uh, try to, try to get back in things and try to put the put the screws to them so to speak trying to trying to get uh get into that recruitment at the last minute yeah and especially you look at a school like florida state what they've done i mean we talk about georgia doing things on the field florida state's three and oh and i don't know how many people really thought florida state would be three and oh um at this moment there's florida state there's miami um but yeah georgia's been a prohibitive favorite but we've Every time we've, we've written an article about him, Blaine, it's, we've mentioned that Brian McClendon offered him literally day one he took the job um, and has made him a priority since. And when you look at the way some of these receivers are trending, you know, Hakeem Williams is committing soon, trending away from Georgia. Um, Jalen Hale is committing soon, trending away from Georgia. So Tyler Williams has kind of become that guy that – I don't want to say make or break this receiver class because there's some talented guys there, but like the – from a good to great receiver class, or, you know, he's a guy that takes this class up another level. Um, if they land a guy like him, and like you said, George is the favorite, there's still a week to go. Um, anything can happen. I mean, we saw it with Anthony Evans, what, three weeks ago, right? George was the favorite until it wasn't literally at, in the final hours there. So right now, George is the favorite. Um, and, and all anyone can really do is just go with that until, un- unless someone swoops in at the last minute. Um, I like what Georgia sits here. Absolutely. It's, uh, Georgia Georgia has, has built a strong relationship with not only Tyler Williams, but his mother as well. It seems like everybody is speaking uh, Kirby Ease over there out of the Williams household. I mean, everything you hear is stuff that the points that you would hear Georgia make and sell, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, earning things on the field you know, making the money in the, in the pros instead of, instead of big money and all that kind of stuff, it kind of aligns up, not going to the highest bidder. All of these things are said in this recruitment. So it seems like everything would be pointing in the direction of Georgia with how they are approaching things. But Trent, I do want to say that as, and and we had, a, I think it was the boy racer on the, on the, on the vault um, pointed out today, as it gets deeper and deeper, some of these, uh, some of these other schools, for lack of a better term, if it kind of already, you know, shot their shot at these guys with the NIL money and Kirby, Kirby Smart and company kind of, kind of slow playing that kind of stuff a little bit, the, the classic city collective, I wouldn't be surprised if some of that ramps up a little bit closer to December and uh, maybe try to impact some guys that are, you know, big guys that are still out there uncommitted or guys that are committed elsewhere. Yeah. I, th- I think he'll, he'll take that, opportunity to use that in his advantage when it gets closer to December, looking at the positions uh, he needs to fill in this class, um, you know, maybe looking at another offensive lineman, um, you know, maybe getting down uh, to a uh, wide receiver like we've been talking about. Um, I, I don't think that Anthony Evans, you know, you, you brought up Anthony Evans. I don't think that's over with. I, I, I mean, I th- you know, he is committed elsewhere. He did, he did pick a team over Georgia, but there is still communications there. Um, I, I uh, I've said that uh, on the vault. So uh, I know there's, there's a lot of stuff going on, but I do think uh, with this Classic City Collective, that that is something that could uh, – I don't think you'll hear much about it until you get closer to signing day and, and Kirby can really use that as an advantage when it gets time to kind of see what those remaining prospects, what what holes he needs to fill and, and stuff like that. 
Yeah, and for sure, there's we're never we're never going to know the complete details on all of the NIL stuff until they pass some kind of legislation that says, hey, all this, all the NIL deals have to be reported, have to be public, all that kind of stuff, which I think it will one day go to because it's going to be like, I mean, these guys are going to pay tax on this money and all this kind of stuff anyway. So I think one day they'll have to report all the NIL deals. It'll be basically like a like a database of stuff. And that's the only way that it's, listen, at some point in time, no matter what the system is, there's going to be, be people that find ways to cheat it, okay? It's, there, there's going to be ways to circumvent it. But if you make it more and more open in terms of, okay, more transparency, here's where everything is, then I think, you know, less of this, uh, less of this, you know, conspiracy theories on, uh, <laughs> on Texas ATM and all this kind of stuff that, that goes on out there. Um, because, hey, there may be a candidate – uh, there may be a uh, a you know a uh, candidate out there that that does go for some of that kind of stuff, but I think a lot of these kids still are adhering Jed to some of the more traditional uh, elements of of recruiting with a little bit of NIL sprinkled in. I think that's more the majority than some of the others. Yeah, and and that's it, it differs every kid, right? You. You look at receiver for a receiver. There might be one receiver like Tyler Williams. I know his mom had a tweet. Uh, honestly, it was a couple months ago, basically saying I'm not going to like sell my son to the highest bidder. Essentially, when it comes to NIL, so um, that's some people's priority. Some people look at NIL as more of a priority, and, and that's everyone's prerogative, right? But Kirby Smart had a quote about NIL today. Uh, I want to read it. He said, "He said I felt like it NIL was 20 to 30 percent of the conversation last year." And it's certainly higher than that now. So even Kirby Smart has noticed that NIL is becoming more and more of a conversation um, with these kids who have not grown up with it, but have had it involved in their recruitment for a longer period of time. So like you said, the Classic City Collectives out there, they that's going to be something that I think, because they've obviously gotten their um, ducks in a row with that, right? The longer it's been evolved, so that's going to be something that Kirby and company could really break out more as we get closer to that um, December signing day. Absolutely. Now let's go ahead and uh, start hitting some of these questions from the vault here. Also people on YouTube chat, check in with us, tell, tell us where you're watching from. I know that we, uh, we had a, a Phenom unit says he's in from Gilmer County. Uh, we got Madison County, your neck of the woods over there with Robbie uh, Daniel Jed. He's, he's tuning in Randy Payne from Tifton, Georgia. So we appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. Make sure to throw in anything you want commented on, any questions you have in the YouTube chat. But we're also going to uh, hit our vault questions first because those are the the members of the UGASports.com website that are loyally asking questions on the vault, and we want to make sure we address those first. And we're going to start off, Jed, with OU Herschel Walker. Yeah, first want to get make sure I got a shout out to my guy Robbie Daniel, Madison County, Colbert GA. Lunch at uh, lunch at Billy Meadow Station uh anytime on me, buddy. Uh OU Herschel Walker have the last three games changed the perception of Georgia's offense in the eyes of any receiver and running back recruits. And then for you, Blaine, wrestling, best bad guy. Race, Von Raschke, Koloff, yeah, yeah, go State, Hogan, and Flair. I mean, it's gotta be if anybody, you may not like his in-ring work, but Hollywood Hulk Hogan is the greatest heel of all time. He did the most in terms of the most money, the most box office. The guy was was it was bonkers off the charts. I think in terms of the in-ring work and how the promos and stuff, you got to go with Flair. Uh, Harley Race isn't a bad one either, even when he was doing some of his managing work with Van Vader. But anyways, I'll have somebody commenting on uh, YouTube about why are we talking about professional wrestling, all that kind of stuff. Uh, anyways. Have the last three games changed the perception uh, with Georgia's offense for wide receivers and, and running backs? Guys, most of I've talked mainly to uh, younger quarterbacks about the, the offensive situation. I have talked to uh, a, a couple wide receivers uh, here, here lately. Jed, I know you went and covered Mike Matthews, um, so I guess we can talk from, from his perspective. But I know Ju- Julian Lewis, Ryan Montgomery, some of these younger quarterbacks that are coming – uh, in the classes, you know, 25, 26 classes that are going out there, they're definitely taking notice of how George, George is throwing the football and things like that. And in fact, there was a stat out there today that 
uh, the last quarterback to to throw for 250 yards and have a rushing touchdown in three consecutive games was Pat Mahomes until Stetson Bennett did has done it in these first three games. So Georgia's uh, definitely producing at the quarterback position. But Jed, you know, and then Trent, you can uh, take it after that. But Jed, what do you, what do you think is this offensive output? changing perception of Georgia and some of these skill kids. Yeah. You know, something I've noticed and really noticed at South Carolina in particular, like, okay, Carson Beck comes in with, I want to say like seven minutes slept in the third quarter um, and starts throwing deep shots. <laughs> like he had a deep one to Lad McConkey or no, not Lad McConkey to uh, Dylan Bell that uh, drew a pass interference. He had a, a ball to Oscar Delt to really, um, you know, salt the wounds of Shane Beamer. Like Georgia still, they put the backups in, but they still, they didn't really quit running the offense at any point. And that's something we talked about in the offseason. Remember of, is Kirby still going to do this whole oh. get up by 25, 30 points and, and turtle up kind of thing. So Trent, uh, I mean, you know, to Jed's point, Kirby's trying to crush people's souls. Now that's, that's what he's, that's what he's going after. He's, he's just trying to break their will and make them never want to play again. Yeah, and 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 you know we talked about in the in the offseason that we thought Kurt that would change uh, mm -hmm. because they heard they heard all the talk. You know, uh, last year um, th there wasn't much difference within the pass run. Yet, yeah, they did run it a little bit more last year and, and a little bit more effective. But with the pass, Georgia was 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 more pass than run in the first halves of last year's game. But it looked like Georgia was still in their running downhill running style. 60-40 run, uh, run to pass because of the second halves. And I said, I think that will change because Kirby has seen the negative recruiting, the, the impacts in recruiting at the wide receiver position, and, and it's definitely changed. Uh, uh, you know, the, the couple of things that I've come across just talking uh, to a couple of high school coaches is uh, uh, what I've heard over and over is best, best coach team in the country. They look like the best coach team in the country. And I think that's, you know, props to the staff. And, and, and that's another thing that could hit on the recruiting trail because there, there's nobody that looks more prepared to play week in and week out up to this point than Kirby uh, Smart's uh, Georgia Bulldogs right now. And that goes to, to your point to the backups as well because when Carson Beck has come in this year, like Jed said, I mean, it has been on point just, just – you know, firing the ball a lot, a lot over the middle in that Oregon game, but then taking uh, taking a shot deep with Oscar Delp. And one thing I've noticed, Jed, and you've been to, there for these uh, press conferences, Kirby is not shy to highlight some of those guys and and, and kind of talk about the production that they are putting in and the work they're putting in at practice and stuff like that. Because what Kirby is trying to sell to these these recruits is, hey. You're not guaranteed to come in here and play. He said this about quarterback recruiting. You're not guaranteed to come in here and play, but you're guaranteed to come in here and get developed. And I think that's what you're seeing out of Carson Beck right now. Yeah, and that's what they try to sell. You, you know, it's that goes for quarterbacks. That goes for guys in the trenches. It's it's that that stupid old cliche, right? Iron sharpens iron, and it's super lame. But like when you're a, um, when you're a offensive tackle, like say you're Jacob Hood you're on the scout team and you're going against Nolan Smith, Robert Beal, um, Chaz Chambliss, MJ Sherman, like that gets you better. If you're a, a defensive lineman, you're going against Broderick Jones and Amarius Mims and Warren McClendon and uh, Cedric Grand Print. that gets you better. And that's what Kirby Smart tries to sell these guys. Like you said, Wayne, you're not going to be guaranteed to come in and play as a freshman. You could play as a freshman. Michael Williams is starting as a freshman. Malachi, Malachi Starks. Is a freshman. Dylan Bell is playing as a freshman. <laughs> Um, and Alan Morissette has been Alan in Morissette. not, I mean, not can, in garbage time either. He's been yeah. actually getting some reps, and they just had not had a catch yet. You, you can you can earn it, but the main point is you come. I mean, Kirby said it before. NFL scouts don't care how much you play as a true freshman; they care what you look like year three, year four um, when you're going to the NFL, and that's what he's selling. And that's the type of guys that he he brings into the program, and you're starting to see that whole program mindset coming to place one more shout out randy gibson from isla ga home of baseball legend jake westbrook and also my grandmother so shout out to <laughs> isla on the show tonight i, I think I, georgia's I, offense is as good as it is today because of last year's defense 
Oh, yeah. Because they had to go up against those guys every day in practice. And plus the backups were more prepared to play because they got that playing time when in, in the blowout wins last year. They got the playing time against this uh, more, um, I guess, older offense with uh, Stetson Bennett leading the helm. But this offense is, is what it is today because of what it went up against day in and day out last year. And I, I spoke to DeBron Gatlin at Milton before his game uh, the other night against Alpharetta, and he's a class of 2024 wide receiver that's wanted by the likes of Alabama, you know, Tennessee, uh, some of these offenses that people think are more high-flying and stuff like that. But he he did mention, he said he's been really impressed with what Georgia has been doing offensively and and, and what Coach McClendon – has been been selling him on things. So yes, uh, we in a in a long answer there, uh, you Herschel Walker. I think it is uh, changing the perception a little bit there. Now Pine Tree says, can you rattle off any flip candidates the staff is going hard after? Um, I think the first place we have to start, of course, is Roger Robinson, the the, the second uh, running back currently committed to UCLA. We reported, we were the first ones to report back on August 6th that he was saying, hey, I, I, I think I'm going to come out to the to the Auburn game uh, for, for official visit weekend. Me and my whole whole family, we, we got that story posted on the vault again today uh, just so everybody could re- re- refresh on that a little bit. But he's a big back, Trent, uh, someone that, that's, you know, had went gangbusters here at the, the start of the season, just putting up all kinds of yardage and, is it even for a bigger guy, you know, talking six one, you know, 230, 235 pounds, he can still catch the ball at the backfield. So very, very dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. He, he would be, he would be one we're looking at. And uh, I think you still got to look at Anthony Evans. Uh, I, I think, you know, running back is a position that I, I'm going to watch closely, you know, over the next couple of months because what I mean, yeah, there is some uncommitted guys, but I do think Georgia flips a guy there. I'm not saying necessarily Roderick, but I do think Georgia flips a guy there to get a commitment uh, by the end of this class. And, uh, and Justice and, Haynes is not being given up on yet by by Del McGee in in the slightest. Yeah, uh, Justice Haynes and uh, Roderick, and you know, there's a few more that that Georgia's going to go out and explore, and and uh, whether it be in state or out of state, but. Um, I do think there will be a flip at that position uh, before all said and done. I mean, there's there's some running backs in the in the state of Georgia that are having good years. That that you know, J- Jamar Wilcox isn't uh, isn't committed anywhere yet. He he did get an offer from Clemson, even though Jed, I did put a note on the vault. It, it almost feels like if Georgia was going to get in that one, they would have already done so at this point. Uh, so I'm not I'm not I'm not saying to to hold your breath on that one. And then. Uh, the young man that's committed to West Virginia from uh, uh, Medic- Louis, uh, another another Georgia running back that, in the state of Georgia that's had a terrific start of the year. So just some names to kind of keep an eye on in state there, Jed. Yeah, um, and, and like Trent said, keep an eye on Anthony Evans. I don't think Georgia's done communicating with Xavier McLeod, a defensive lineman who's committed to South Carolina. Um, yeah, I mean, I think – I mean, there's – you know, the thing is there's guys that are going to come up and everything like that. But like, like you said, it's really looking at that running back position now that I really think they're honing in on because it's we it's Robinson, Louie, somebody else that we that we don't really know as far as a flip goes. But um, that's a position I think they're going to work really hard to flip and land a, a, a top top tier uh, quality dude. Quality dude. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put it past them to maybe end up with a member of the secondary that's committed elsewhere. You know, flipping before it's over with an edge guy, possibly. I think you know whether it's corner, uh, whether whether it's at corner, uh, whether it's on the edge, running back or receiver. I think those are your main ones. Could possibly see another offensive lineman. They've already flipped Joshua Miller from. Uh, Penn State earlier in the class. So we shall see how that turns out. Now let's get to our next question here. It's from Drew Yang 96 there, Jed. Yeah, as of today, what is your prediction for Tyler Williams and Roderick Robinson? Yes, I mean, we kind of touched on that. I think as of today, if I could put in on rivals, uh, if I could put in a prediction for a flip, I think I would predict that Roderick Robinson's 
going to flip to Georgia. I mean, especially if they're if he does, in fact, as as he told us back in August, end up coming on that official visit to to Georgia for that Auburn game. Trent, it's going to be a totally different atmosphere. I mean, at the Rose Bowl these past couple of weeks for UCLA, you could have shot a shotgun and not killed anybody. I mean, it is absolutely uh, just a terrible atmosphere. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's not good. Um, that they said that the opening game, I think they've averaged having seventy thousand there, and there was, uh, it was you know said that there was forty thousand there, and I, I highly doubt that there was that many there. The way the stadium looks, so things are not going good uh, over at UCLA for sure. No, it's it's uh it's that I would be surprised if if he stays committed to them through the process. But uh, Tyler Williams, we've already touched on that. I think he is uh, going to land with Georgia as of at least today. But Miami is pushing hard, and we know that Miami, if despite what Williams and his crew have said is that NIL is not the most important thing in their decision, things like that, sometimes, you know, going back to a wrestling thing, the million-dollar man used to say, Trent, everybody's got a price. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we'll see, see what happens. Plus, it's home, and uh, yeah. it, it is uh, down in Florida, and, and, and Miami is trying to uh, kind of build its foundation under a new coaching staff. Um, you know, they had a chance to go on the road to Texas A&M this weekend and kind of uh, solidify themselves uh, as, a, as a major contender but, and, and wasn't able to do so, but um, I still like what Georgia stands there. No doubt. All right, Jay, we got one from GDog09. Yeah, I am very excited about Dalen Everett. I thought Jaheim Singletary would be the guy in the last class. Any insight on his progress? So not a not necessarily a recruiting question here, Jed. You're more in those press conferences and stuff like that. Do you recall any talk about uh, Singletary from from Kirby and in any of those things? I know that I know that Singletary is a little bit slender, so I would think that maybe adding some 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 muscle and, and things like that may be what's you know, preventing some uh, some acceleration of the process there. Any anything that comes to mind that's been said, Jed? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing is Kirby said this about a lot of freshmen. They just need to play, right? And and Julian Humphrey, or not Julian Humphrey, well, Julian Humphrey too, and Jaheim Singletary. They are guys who, if I'm not mistaken, they did not early enroll. They didn't uh, get to Athens till the summer, so that sets you back a little bit. Which you look at Dalen Everett was here in the in the spring and is a little bit farther along. So. Um, I don't, I wouldn't read anything to that as far as, you know, calling James Singletary a bust or whatever. Um, it's just one of those things where, and also there's a lot of guys, you know, th there's a lot of good players in that secondary, right? You've got Keely Ringo, Dalen, Kamari Lasseter, Kamari Lasseter. Yeah. It's not like Georgia's a secondary, although it did lose a couple of guys. It's not like it's bereft of talent. Right. So, um, they're going to progress. I think year one to year two with a full spring and off season and everything is a year where you could see a step from those guys. But um, yeah, there's so much defensive back talent brought in in that last class. It's going to be interesting to see how it all ends up shaking out, you know, through all those guys' careers. I, th I think we look at recruiting rankings and say, I thought, you know, this guy or that guy is going to be that guy. But I think I could have, uh, you know, I saw Dale and Everett down in uh, Orlando at the Under Armour game and, he he looked like just uh, with you, you said being slender. He looked like he was ready to play in a like his physical uh, a physical uh, at day one. I mean, he was yeah. uh, he looked like a Georgia corner um, that's already that's already there. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that he's seeing the field faster. Uh, I still think Jaheim Singletary has a very high ceiling, and that's where those uh, lofty rankings come from. Um, and, and and you know, I, I think he can reach those goals. Uh, uh, he, he still has a ton of upside. He just got some room to make, but uh, you know, from a physical standpoint to get there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, a little strength and development, uh, strength and conditioning over there in, in Georgia, nutrition program, all that kind of stuff. It's amazing to see where guys go from year one to year two in the program. I mean, look at Ty, uh, Tyron Ingram Dawkins, you know, he's a guy that, that came in, maybe he had a little bit of, a little bit of baby fat on him was was not in the in the greatest shape at all. But now, I mean, he he that was an impressive play. He tackles the the running back for South Carolina in the backfield, or or wraps him up and then just runs him twenty yards back in in the backfield behind things. I you know it, that's one of those where you're like, all right, is he about to sling him down right here and get the fifteen yarder at the end of it? But you know, wise beyond his years, let him go at the echo of the whistle, whistle there. So it, it's it's just fascinating to see. So. 
Lord Lord knows can only imagine what uh, <laughs> Michael Williams is going to look like at this point next year with that being the case. Uh, that, that He came in as a grown man for sure. So uh, interesting stuff on the development of everything. Appreciate that question, G-Dog09. Uh, Boy Racer 45 says, believe Bo Hewley was at the Auburn game last week, LOL. <laughs> Uh, anything to worry about with him or just a guy enjoying his visits? What is your best guess on the number of wide receivers in this class? So, Bo Hewley went and saw Auburn get their brains beat out over there on the plains by Penn State. Uh, we've heard some interesting things about Bo Hewley's visits to Auburn before and stuff like that. I can't imagine that this helped the 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 Tigers, the Plainsmen, War Eagles, whatever mascot they want to decide on on a given day, that it helped their um, their chances with Hewley. And there's major rumblings coming out that especially if, you know, Lord forbid Auburn loses to Missouri this this week, guys, because if they do, uh, it, Auburn may pull a, you know, Arizona State and fire Harson as he's coming off the field like, like the Sun Devils did with uh, Herm Edwards. So, Guys, uh, what's your thoughts on Bo Hewley visiting Auburn? Yeah, Bo Hewley has been at Auburn a lot. Like you talk about flipping or what? I don't. I think it's Georgia or Auburn. I don't think it's 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 those two. Um, you can look at it from two ways, right? You can say, okay, Auburn's O line stinks. They can pitch Bo Hewley on. Hey, you can come in and play early as a freshman. On the flip side, it seems extremely unlikely that Brian Harson. It makes it to the end of the season at this point, let alone to the 2023 campaign. So then it's like, okay, what coach and what staff is he going to play for? So, um, I mean, I definitely don't think it's just a guy necessarily enjoying his visits. I think there is, um, there's some interest. You know, there's, there's some interest. Yeah. And, and you can't fault the kid for, for wanting to explore things that for ex exploring other programs you might be interested in. I, 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 cause he was at their big, um, like a cookout weekend, kind of similar to what Georgia had. And it seemed then that the flip talk was the most evident. It didn't happen then. So you feel like if Georgia withstood that storm, it'll be able to to battle things out through the end, especially once Georgia is now on the field and doing things and stuff. Um, I don't think it's necessarily over. Like I wouldn't count Auburn out of it necessarily until he puts pen to paper. Um, but right now, if you made me pick one way or the other, I still uh, would see him ending up in Georgia's class. I think Auburn felt that that was going to go in a total different direction on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to say I did too. I thought it was going to go in a different direction. I did. I, I thought this, I've seen too many times the magic of Jordan Hare stadium. I thought that, you know, crazy things happened in there, man, they got owned except for that Owen Papo just decleating mm -hmm. of Sean Clifford. After that, everything was downhill. The thing is, it's not like Penn state is, is, uh, Penn State of old, right? Like, there's plenty of questions about Penn State coming into that game, and you look at it at halftime. It was what 14 to six at halftime, I think, and then and then Penn State just blows it open in the second half and runs it down Auburn's throat, and Auburn was pretty much helpless on offense and defense. So, I uh, see yeah, the video uh, of, uh, of Eli Manning, um, you know, dressing up as a walk-on. Hilarious. That's great. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to walk away. You hadn't seen that. You watch that Eli Manning going undercover as a as a walk and walk-on tryouts over there. His name was uh, Chad Powers is who he went dressed up as. So, it's a very five four five four forty. <laughs> Listen, but that was real. That was that was a fake right there. Yeah, the, um, yeah, yeah. It, that wasn't part of the action. If, uh, you know, think how good Penn State could be if Georgia didn't keep flipping their prospects. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> they've lost several to Georgia over the year that they would they would love to be to be having playing for the, the Nittany Lions right now. So, yeah, and then in terms of the numbers of wide receivers, I feel like it's going to be four in the class in terms of out of high school, but I do think they'll add one in the transfer portal. I also think they'll add a running back in the transfer portal this offseason. I think you're, you're going to see Georgia be very – very active in the transfer portal between the 2022 and 2023 season. Yeah, I, I could see five five wide receivers total, you know, between uh, uh, what they need to bring in for next year, um, whether it be in this in this class or uh, transfer portal. But I think four will be the number in this class, like you said. And um, there's going to be a lot of uh, players available in the, porter, in the portal, in my opinion. Um, 
uh, you know, I, I think there'll be a lot of players available from the SEC in the portal. Um, but yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of coaching turnover. There already is some coaching turnover, and there is some, uh, you know, you, you saw those four players, including Smoke Bowie, uh, being suspended, suspended and on Evan uh, Stewart, <laughs> Evan Stewart being suspended, Texas AM, and uh. Stuff just doesn't seem to be clicking over there, uh, even though they got the win this past Saturday. So you're probably going to see some portal action uh, before all of a sudden done uh, within the SEC and even outside of it. You know, uh, Merle Haggard had the great hit. If we can make it through December, I think Brian Harson is trying to <laughs> trying to just make it through September, and I don't know if he's going to make it, guys. It's going to be it's going to be interesting over there. Uh, Jed uh, Georgia King asked over here, uh, what do you think our chances are on signing? five-star Deuce Robinson from California. You're you're our national analyst over here, Jed. So what's going on over on the West Coast? Yeah, I think that's a guy that we've looked at and we've talked about before. The only way Georgia would take him is if – well, before it was if they lost a tight end of the portal in the offseason. That yeah. uh, didn't happen. So now you look at it – I mean, they would take him, but I don't know if it's going to – They would theoretically take him. I, just, I don't know that they're going to end up – getting a third tight end in this class because you've got Sperlin and Lucky. Don't think either one of those guys are going to flip. So um, I, I, I don't see it now. He's a very – I don't know what Rivals has him listed as. He could be an interesting guy. Like um, if you could maybe – if the staff really got creative and was like, hey, come to Athens and be like a receiver tight end hybrid. Like talking about that receiver conversation we just had. Rivals has him listed at 6'6", 230. So well, too, he may he may end up being you know we like Sam Horn that that is a uh, you know quarterback a backup quarterback right now in Missouri. We wondered if he would ever even play college football because mm-hmm. he's such a good baseball prospect. And Deuce Robinson very good at baseball as well. I, I'm hearing he's got you know pro uh, pro looks there from the baseball side of it. Trent too. <laughs> That's a big strike zone six <laughs> six six two thirty. But yeah. Uh, you have to like the way Georgia's utilizing the tight ends, but bringing three top-tier tight ends in in one class is, is you know, hard to uh, put your mind around. But, um, I, you know, I simply say no just for the fact that they have two good ones committed. Um, you know, I, that's that's without saying uh, I have uh, a lot of insight in what's going on in his head uh, in a recruiting standpoint. Just from a numbers game, uh, I would say no. Now, I, I, Georgia would for sure take him, um, the way Georgia likes to utilize his tight ends. And uh, like uh, Jed said, uh, see if one hits the portal or, or you know, what what's going on with Gilbert and stuff like that. So, we'll see what's happening. Clock 11 says, Justice Haynes, do you think Kirby will push hard for an NIL flip? I, I mean, realize that question, Kirby can't technically, by the rules, push for an NIL flip. Now, the Classic City Collective and some things like that could. Um, I do I do think that's uh, in play there in this situation. I do think that, obviously, one of the more coveted running backs in the country is going to have opportunities to – capitalize on his name image and likeness and uh you know i'm sure that's a conversation with any program that that is pursuing him but justice haynes is going to be pursued until the inks drive trent in my opinion yeah and and just looking at the way alabama's performed up to this point it would not surprise me if alabama's got a new offense coordinator uh next year um we talking about everybody saying bill o'brien's gonna be their next head coach <laughs> i think there's a lot of uh unhappy people uh, around that program. And, and, you know, looking at it, they they said they were going to use the running back slot more this year. They've kind of haven't done that. Uh, they failed to do that at Texas uh, when they had the opportunities to do that. Um, it, it'll be interesting what, you know, I, I think Justice Haynes is going to stay committed to Alabama all the way up until uh, signing day. I'm not saying he's going to flip, but I'm saying if something did happen, uh, it would probably be, you know, closer to December. Yeah, I, I I concur on that 100%. And uh, one thing we hope that you'll also agree with us on is Turner Wooden Smith and Auto Owners Insurance, guys. They're sponsors of UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. If you are looking for quality insurance in terms of the policy provided and also the customer service and care that uh, – that you're able to get from your agency, then Turner Wooden Smith Insurance in partnership with Auto Owners Insurance is the right combination for you. Life, home, car, business, Auto Owners Insurance can take care of it all for you. Give my guy Trey Wood 
uh, a call over there at Turner Wood and Smith Insurance located in Gainesville, but servicing, you know, the entire Southeast and people around the country that do a great job. Both companies have been in existence for over a hundred years. So they know what they're doing. They have the experience to take care of your family's needs for insurance. So check those guys out today. And then we've got a couple questions here left. Uh, what's the latest on Chris Peel? Jed, you and I were talking beforehand. Uh, some of the people in the Rivals Network giving you a little update on uh, Chris Peel lately. Yeah, um, we as a, a UGA team have been hearing a ton about Georgia and Chris Peel. He obviously took an official visit, all that kind of stuff. Um, writers from the Michigan site and the NC State site have both been asking about Chris Peel, if Georgia is um, – you know, not basically that Georgia has asking if Georgia has has kind of waited too long for him to to jump on board and maybe moving on to other targets. Um, the people at the Michigan site feel good about where Michigan sits with him. Um, so that's what other people in our network are hearing. Um, like you said, Blaine, we haven't heard a ton about Georgia and Chris Peel, and it kind of feels like one of those things where, and and this is what I told our. Uh, Josh Hinsky, Josh Hinsky over at the Michigan site. If Chris, if Chris Peel is going to jump on board, he surely had uh, plenty of opportunities to do it. So um, could be one of those things where the longer it drags out, the more and more it looks like uh, Chris Peel is going to be headed elsewhere, probably um, to Michigan. But but we'll see. You, you never know with these guys. If Georgia gets him back on campus, starts things start picking back up again, uh, he still very easily could end up in the Georgia class. Looking at, I mean, looking at from Georgia side is they have uh, four commits. Um, already is it four? Um, so it, your numbers are already high, and uh, you you at the stage in the game where you can be picky. Um, not saying that that's the, what's going on here, but uh, you're at the stage again where you can be picky if you if you think you can flip a, a highly touted recruit, uh, somebody a little bit higher on your board. Um, you have uh, you have the numbers to be a little bit picky. You know, moving down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, uh, people people forget <laughs> sometimes it just kind of goes goes into the deep uh, recesses of people's brain, I think, and you got to remind them that Georgia has Justin Rett, who they flipped from Notre Dame, A.J. Harris, who all everybody all but thought was going to Florida at, at one point and, and things like that, that, that uh, is going to be coming to Georgia. Daniel Harris, who they – Secured over over Miami from Miami, uh, Florida, big win for Georgia, and then Jonel uh, Aguaro, um, that was you know being recruited hard by Miami as well. So uh, four really good defensive backs, three guys that can primarily play corner, which I think is where they would want Chris Peel um, is to is to play corner. Um, so yeah, I don't know if the need is there as much. I think you look more in the safety area to, if, if George is going to add a, a fifth DB and that's why I'm, that's why honestly missing out on the Caleb Downs was was so big because I think Georgia thought they could you know uh, pair him and Aguaro and and you know then you add that in on top of Malachi Starks and what he's doing uh, this year that would have been a uh, just a tremendous trio on the back end over there but yeah the, the defensive backs as the the shining says here high on DBs for the next few years absolutely it's a uh, it's going to to be stellar on the back end for Georgia for for a while, especially under the tutelage of Will Muschamp and Fran Brown. I think that's a, a, a very very nice combination, and I don't see either one of those going anywhere for a good while. Um, all right, we got F McCrary Jr. Which group of three would you choose if you could only have one? Jordan Hall, Russo, and Smith, or Impemba? Damon Wilson and Hobbs. I'm taking Impemba, uh, Damon Wilson and Hobbs is, is who I is who I would pick out of those. What what are your guys' opinions? Can I can I replace Hall with what, one of the guys on Impemba's side and just take them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, that's true. Like you know, I think Ru I think I like out of all the the players, I honestly like Rusal more than any of them, but just because he's a absolute physical freak in terms of the the weight room and and you know just how hard he plays and and he is a kid that absolutely hates recruitment he's anti you know all the 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 glitz and the glam I, you know i just i just think his mentality would 
fit perfectly in Georgia's defense. But being from Montgomery, Alabama, it's it's hard to pry some of those uh, superstars out of that that state. You know, with Alabama and Auburn now, if there's a if things do go south with Brian Brian Harson, I think this becomes basically a, a, a two way race um, between. Georgia and Alabama for Russo and Smith and could maybe even give a little bit of boost into uh, into Georgia's sales there. But, Jed, what's your opinion on if you had to pick a group of three out of those? Yeah, definitely and Pimba, Wilson, and um, and Hobbs, especially having Justin Hobbs in person. I mean, dude was a, a, a game wrecker uh, over in North Carolina when I saw him in the shadow of Charlotte Motor Speedway. But especially when you, when you look at it from a – Roster projection standpoint, Georgia's going to lose Nolan Smith. They're going to lose Robert Beal at minimum at outside linebacker, and that's not to mention any potential portal uh, departures or anything like that. So adding those three talented guys on top of Gabriel Harris, who's a little bit of a, a flex type there. I mean, he he is um, – that he is he would be a great compliment to those three guys at outside linebacker. So um, – Definitely. I mean, Jordan Hall, Quay Russo, and um, James Smith, they're, they're three very good players. But I think when you look at the talent of the other three combined with the needs Jordan has at outside linebacker in the cycle, I definitely think those three. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, it, the, the thing about it with Mpemba, uh, obviously everybody sees five-star recruit at one point was as high as I think is number two, three in the country overall in, in prospects. I want everybody to understand, I think he's going to be a phenomenal player in college at some point. But I think it's going to take a little bit of time because this is a young man that is really getting used to playing defense. He was more of a tight end before and has flipped over to outside linebacker. In fact, before this year, there wasn't a ton of tape on him at outside linebacker. So people were having to evaluate basically off of athleticism and potential type deal I think Georgia sits very good with Impemba. You know, Trent, you put in a, a future cast not too long ago. I put in a future cast over the weekend because kind of can you know comparing notes and, and just things we're hearing from from uh, people around this recruitment. It seems like it's trending in the right way for Georgia. But I think Damon Wilson. I don't know that Georgia sits as well for Damon Wilson, but I I like Damon Wilson a lot. I think he's he's the the kind of fit that versatile piece that can do a lot of stuff in a Georgia defense. I think what's misunderstood a little bit about rankings is not all five-star prospects are day one ready for college. They're basing that on their upside uh, NFL draft upside, basically. No, they think they're going to be a first round pick eventually with the upside that they have. That doesn't make them day one ready in college. Um, and, and I think that's where we, we look a lot of times is uh, why ain't the five stars contributing? Well, they're not, uh, you know, uh, Mapimba, for example, is going to take some time to to develop. Um, he's he, like you said, he's new to the outside linebacker position. Uh, it's just going to take some uh, more time to develop. When you got a guy like Damon Wilson, who's probably more day one ready, might not have the upside that uh, that Mapimba necessarily has um, when his just his just tools in general. But um, Wilson might be more day one ready uh, for college. So I think that's just from a rankings perspective. Um, I think a lot of people look at, you know, they're a bust because they're not playing year one. It's not necessarily true. I think the upside's there. It's just they're just not as developed to, uh, uh, from a body standpoint, to play year one in college. For sure. Andy Stowe uh, ends the last question here for us, and I'll start with the wrestling question on the back end first because got to got to address that. Which Sting given is your favorite surfer Sting, black and white, red and black, or the Joker? Man, I gotta go. I gotta go with uh, the surfer Sting back in the day, early '90s. Just kind of hit you right hair. there. Yeah, absolutely. Taking on you know RoboCop and some of the terrible stuff that happened in w- the trash days of WCW. Got to got to enjoy the the awfulness of it uh, back then. Um, do you think that the constant running back switching is making elite backs go elsewhere, um, Trent? I I think that's more of a selling point for Georgia uh, than it is a deterrent because it's like, hey, look, you're going to have tread on the tires when you get to the league. You know, you, you're not going to be you're not going to be worn out. Yeah, I think that it, I mean, it's definitely been a selling point 
for years past because it hasn't changed. Uh, Dale McGee's been the running back coach. They've rotated backs. They continue to put uh, running backs in the you know the first round or the high second round. And, you know, they're producing the NFL. Like at Nick Chubb yesterday, they have tread on the tires. And I know he's coming off that ACL surgery they had at Georgia, but there, there's tread on the tires to, to go do that. DeAndre Swift, I think, scored a touchdown yesterday too. Um, so I don't, I don't think that's making uh, elite backs go elsewhere necessarily. Um, you know, it's, it's been a, a weird year with that. But Georgia got Branson Robinson last year. Um, the, who, who would have been uh, – Hey, by the way, <laughs> that area that he had, I was like – I I was like, is that Nick Chubb running the football right there? I mean, it, it looked – it was the acceleration and how big he is. Whoo, it was sporty looking. No doubt. And, and I think, uh, you know, both backs Georgia got in last year's class are going to be uh, good ones. But I don't think it's uh, pushing elite guys uh, away, uh, I think. You know, this has been a, a weird year with the running back because Georgia kind of put all their eggs in one basket to begin with, and with Justice Haynes, and and uh, that didn't, you know, go in Georgia's favor and and his commitment. So uh, I think there's a more evaluating going on. I do, I do still think Georgia's going to land an elite running back in this class. Uh, you know, a rivals 100 type running back. So, uh, but I, but to your question, I don't think that's pushing elite running backs away. No, I don't think so either. The guys, uh, we've we've kind of covered all the all the bases here uh, on in terms of the latest in Georgia football recruiting. Jed, anything coming up on the or what is coming up on the website that they need to know about over the next uh, next few days? Yeah, I'll have a story on um, on David Hobbs who I went and saw last week. Georgia um, is pushing hard for him. It kind of seems like Georgia and Alabama are the the main two people there, and then um, making a. Hey, return trip to phoenix city to watch the uh fighting red devils take on img academy because img academy is uh going to be within three hours of me so with uh, the gravitational pull of all those stars uh, is going to drive me back to phoenix city so um a lot of guys gabriel harris sam himbo we were just talking about Jarrett gibson in 2024 jimothy lewis um winston watkins 25 receiver as a george offer ton of talent on the field not to mention um aj harris playing for central phoenix city so um, yeah, be there Friday night and then uh, back in Athens Saturday for um, recruits in a game against Kent State. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be some some fun. Another fun weekend of high school football action. We'll be putting uh, the where we're going on Friday, all the details on the prospects and all that kind of stuff on our on the road piece that, that comes out. So make sure that you are subscribed, uh, a member of UGASports.com. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, now, guys, I'm gonna go go uh, get ready to go to bed, uh, do a little do a little Bible study, and pray for Florida while I'm at it because they're gonna need it this weekend when they go up to uh, to Knoxville. The way that their run defense has looked the last uh, last couple of weeks, so it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, gonna be interesting there, stuff. There's no time in your prayers to pray for Florida, buddy. Absolutely, <laughs> they, they're gonna need it for sure. All right, so for Trent Smallwood, Jed May. Uh, I'm Blaine Gilmer. We'll catch you guys next time on UGA Sports, Rumors versus Facts, presented by Auto Owners Insurance and Turner Woods Smith Insurance.